0: Thank you. There
1: are stories about them landing there and they passed on their belief structures as well this is why a lot of those cultures began to eat people because when you land you'd get attacked uh, because the that blood sacrifice and worship and eating of human flesh was considered a a warrior thing to do right it, it was it, um, it it was a cultural norm and you'd get the energy or the essence from eating those uh, those peeps, right? You you see that all across the uh, uh, all across the the Pacific Islands.
0: Enoch, do you feel that?
1: Eh, I feel much, Chris. I'm a very sensitive
0: person. Yes, indeed, you are. But it feels like we're in a different place, a place outside of space and time I sense this too Chris
1: (gasps) Chris don't look down oh
0: I looked down I cautioned you not to look down but I did you can't tell someone to not look down because they're gonna look down you should have said don't look up oh I am sorry Chris you're right don't look up it's a bit late Enoch the damage is done what would you call that down there Chris I think it's the rundown of our reality. Reality.
1: Reality. Reality. Reality.
0: The deception. It's everywhere. You are listening to the rundown of our reality with Enoch Putris presented by Camperman. My name is Chris Price, and I'm here with my good buddy Enoch Putris, who also just happens to be the producer of the Camper Mom podcast. Hey, buddy, how you doing? I am doing fantastic. Thank you for uh, having me, and thank you for that lovely intro. You are absolutely welcome. Enoch and I have been discussing the content of his videos. On his channel, The Rundown of Our Reality, for actually for months before he even came on board with Camperman to become our producer. And so we thought it would be really great to have a spin off show where basically the purpose for this show is to break down and discuss the topics on Enoch's channel, The Rundown of Our Reality, because he's got a lot of great information. And I just need to know more. And I feel like our audience would really be interested in doing a deep dive into some of the topics of these videos and just going deeper, digging down deep. Yeah. My ears are popping. (laughs) On this episode, we are going to be discussing content from segment three four and five of the rundown of our reality so this is really meant to be kind of bonus material so i would recommend before you listen to this that you go and watch those videos so segments three four and five of the whole chessboard on his channel that way you're coming with some base knowledge so most of what we're going to talk about you'll be aware of it so it's not going to completely go over your head none of the topics will be new to you you before we get into the nephilim bloodlines and how they survived the flood in your video you mention various nephilim stories all over the world can you speak on that a little more or in a bit more depth or detail yeah, of course. Most of the Nephilim stories in our history, when you hear
1: about Hercules, well, Zeus came down, visited, uh, mated with a, um, a mortal woman, and out came Hercules, right? That's a Nephilim story. That's exactly what that means. These stories go all throughout, throughout the world. Perseus is another one. And because Zeus is considered to be the replacement I'm not saying he is, this is, was considered in Greek mythology, the replacement of God. We all know who Zeus really is, but uh, the replacement of God, all of his children are to be considered good children, right? Of the light side, the white side of the duality that these world religions have created. When I talk about these as Nephilim stories, you can just you can look up the, oh my goodness, you're going to make me try to pronounce these names again. When I was voicing this, do you know how long the Celtic cu Chulain or like it's it's C-U and the new word C-H-U-L-A-I-N-N, Chulain. Anyway, so that's all I, you're going to make me pronounce all these again, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, so. I'm sorry. It was just, it was just fascinating to see the different examples that flashed on the screen in that video from what looks like all over the world. Yeah, because it happened all over this realm
1: uh, of our our existence here, right? So, I I prefer, instead of to say world, I prefer realm because there are so many frequencies. As I stated in the very first video, not the whole chessboard video, but in the first one, I talk about the frequencies, right? So, we live in a realm that has other frequencies, that exist and we can't see them. And because we can't see them, we don't think they exist. You could have a demonic creature, um, whether it's been manufactured in a lab or we're not, you could have one standing right next to you and you wouldn't know because you can't see it. It's out of our realm of, of sensory perception, unless we have the Holy spirit with us, or you could be linked to the demonic and then, uh, and then sense it. And it, you know, but anyway, as far as the testimonies, Go right, because I wouldn't know. I, I haven't, uh, I haven't gone into that dem- demonic uh, uh, realm. So I, you know, I'm I'm just going by testimony there. But anyway, so around the world, uh, you have you have all these uh, heroes, or you have all of these demigods, or some just out- outright call them gods, although they they're nephilims. But that's basically what, what we know as a demigod. And there, the stories are all over the, uh, the earth. And we're very familiar with the Greek pantheon. Hercules, as I said, Perseus. Uh, we have uh, Egypt's Imhotep. Imhotep. Uh, that's from the, the mummy movies. I don't know if you guys remember. Anyway. I love those. Yeah, those were some of my favorite movies. That series. Yeah. And so Imhotep was an was Eflum story. Uh, Rom- uh, the Romans had Romulus and Remus. Romulus and Remus created... Rome, um, but they were raised by a uh, she-wolf or, or or a wolf. But I believe that that wolf would have been not a real wolf like we know them, but a something from the uh a wolf from the fallen realm and i'm sure judd would uh um actually jump right in here well as a matter of fact uh the uh the
0: wolf oh sorry totally giving him the rook he has a silky voice and i went and did that anyway so he gave him a, a nerdy voice yeah he he actually has i believe he has a book on romulus and remus or at least having to do with them. I know on the I think on the cover of it, it might have an image of Romulus and Remus. What about in Central and South America? Are there some examples that you can think of? Well, here's here's one of the interesting things. So in in
1: South America, South America is linked quite heavily with um the the um Pacific Islands, uh, like the Maoris and the like. They're they're all linked together. The Philippines. So, they share some similarities. But you have the, the dragon with the feather, the feathered serpent, right? Uh, what is its name? Um, oh, my goodness. Anyway, so the, the feathered serpent, which is what we talked about last show when you were talking about the mud fossils, the giant serpent. And we should probably upload some of those pictures. Point out where this serpent is, because the serpent has feathers on its face, and and it's what the Americas, North America, South America, has uh, has been named after uh, this this particular dragon. The dragon is massive again, thousands of miles long, and we talked about how Earth. Could be um, basically the the garbage disposal of the the fallen entities, right? So when uh, so after the first war, which was a fantastic conversation between uh, Doctor Judd and uh, Gary Wayne, where they had the the war previous before we were made, before we were created, and so these creatures came down and he turned to stone. Right. So like most things on this earth, and there's some interesting um, total speculation here um, on how they could all this could turn to stone. But when you get above the firmament, it's supposed to be water. So if all this turned to stone, then perhaps it was all once water. And then the firmament was created to create this air pocket that uh, that we live in anyway. But we're getting into some weird space there.
0: One thing I want to jump in and ask is all of these stories, are they handed down after the flood? These are all pre-flood stories, right? That get then handed down post-flood. There's a few things going on here, right? So we have the
1: antediluvian demonic entities, right? Which are cursed to roam the earth to never be satiated. The, these entities will want to talk about their greatness and and yeah, basically how how wonderful they are, and, and to carry on those those particular stories. Those stories are also passed on through the some of the ancient writings passed on, like the pillars of Lamech or the or the pillars of uh, uh, Evil Enoch, whichever one you want to pick. And they also have the kings. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so getting off topic there again, like it took me, what, four sentences. So basically the uh, yes, antediluvian, but also after the flood, the Pacific Islands, right, the the Nephilim or or the Rephaim, shall we say, landed on the specific uh, uh, specific Pacific Islands. <laughs> There are stories about them landing there, and they passed on their belief structures as well. This is why a lot of those cultures began to eat people, because when you land, you'd get attacked, uh, because the, that blood sacrifice and worship and eating of human flesh was considered a, a warrior thing to do, right? It, it, was, it, um, it, it was a cultural norm, and you'd get the energy or the essence from eating those uh, those peeps, right? You you see that all across the uh, uh, all across the the Pacific Islands It comes from those those two places, and they and they also sort of merge together over time. So antediluvian, absolutely, because of the satiate the demonic uh, cannot be satiated. Uh, they are still roaming, and if they are in that particular region, for example, then wouldn't wouldn't it make sense? that if they're in that particular region then this is what we did this is the story of this area um worship me bow down and worship me that is their territory their um for the po- like just like the powers and principalities
0: everything is sort of broken down yeah in that in that particular area okay so we're not just talking about stories antediluvian stories that were handed down by noah and his family as they started to repopulate the earth we're talking about post flood giants existing and then them traveling around the earth you mentioned them going into like the polynesian islands and different places okay yeah i just wanted to clarify that cuz this can get even in my mind a little bit a little bit confusing when i just try to think about it historically and on this kind of linear linear path you mentioned in the video essentially the bastardization of the Nephilim stories in comics like in DC and Marvel. And you mentioned the worship of these like quote unquote superheroes define worship of them. So like, are you saying that if someone is like watching, reading these comics and just kind of in love with these superheroes and maybe they, they aspire to be like them and they dress up like them at Halloween Watch all the movies, wear the T-shirts. Do you consider that like worship of them, kind of lifting them up. If
1: you're if you're hanging posters all over your room of superheroes, buying a whole bunch of model uh, models or idols and putting them up all over your house, that is considered worship, isn't it? And and then you love it, and you all you do is you spend your time thinking about that, right? God s- says, spend your time thinking about me, pray and talk with me and come you know come closer to god come closer to heaven raise yourself from the depths that we've fallen to if you start worshiping these false these powers that are acquired through the self not through god through these powers that are acquired through the the demonic means the through the corruption of what god has has truly meant then yeah, that's that is something that that I would definitely say is is worship. Like where you see these kids just want to be, they get so excited when they see they see these these the superhero stuff, and then you start getting into the biblical side of it with these Marvel movies, uh, like Quantum Mania, for example. I haven't seen it. Um, I don't need to see it. Uh, I, I pretty much got this quantum stuff uh, of, of what's coming in our future down. For example, this quantum mania, where we're where we're going to basically all be linked together through the quantum AI and quantum entanglement and all that real fun stuff. So you can see how just with those words that I used there, quantum entanglement AI, and uh, you could you could start to see the zombie ec- epidemic come to fruition through, uh, uh, through basically through technology, but yeah. So superheroes, superheroes are 100% designed for you to love them, to want to be them
0: so that you can become them in the future. I, I looked up the definition of worship just to see what the dictionary would say, the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. That's I mean that's really spot on if you think about these superheroes being representations for the Nephilim, yeah, that's that's that reverence, that adoration unknowingly. So I guess the question would be, can you accidentally worship a deity other than like if you're a Christian, can you accidentally worship a deity through being into these comics? Or is it more so a part of programming towards the deception? Oh, I definitely think it's a programming. Uh, absolutely a programming.
1: As a Christian, as a true Christian, I mean, if you start thinking about these comics every day, your heart would start to ache, right? Wouldn't you agree? You'd start, you'd start to feel it. Just when I watch some, some stuff, like I'll, I'll watch, I'll analyze... That's basically what I do now is I, I analyze a lot of stuff. I no longer worship this because I used to. I used to collect. I have stacks of comics and I just I loved Batman. And uh, uh, I have a Superman robe that a girlfriend made for me. Yes, I'm an adult with a Superman robe and <laughs> and I still have it. It's hanging up because it's nice and light. So I'll, I'll wear it around. But I used to, to love that thing. And now now it's just a robe right so right so yeah it's if you're if you're a christian and you are worshiping these things your your heart should start to ache uh and your yeah if it's if they're constantly in your thoughts cuz that's what that's what it means then your heart should really start to ache until you refuse to change and then it'll start to feel okay and then yeah you you lose your you lose your grip with god you you lose that um uh
0: that holy spirit yeah I mean, I guess it could be akin to if you're a fanatic and that means that word fan means if you're a fanatic of, of something you, and you call yourself a Christian, or believer. Yeah. You've got to be really careful that, that, that thing hasn't become something of an idol in your life. And I'm thinking about like people that are like fans of like football or, or sports. And I used to be I used to be a huge UFC fan. I mean, I knew everything that was going on. I knew the not not necessarily the stats of the fighters, but I watched all the fights every week. I listened to hours and hours of of podcasts about MMA. I just kind of knew everything that was going on with UFC. And I'll admit two things. One, at that time when I was like just a, a huge fan, my relationship with the Lord was not great. I was still a believer. But, my relationship with Jesus suffered a lot of intimate time with him, and since I've been on this journey within you know the last year of really diving into Dr. Michael Heiser's work, the Divine Council worldview, actually the last two years, over two years, I barely watch sports now, u f c being my favorite because I'm just so it's just so uninteresting to me now. I'm like, This fresh look at the Bible through the Divine Council worldview and spending time with the Lord, it means more to me than than any of that stuff. So I definitely get what you're saying. It's just it's just kind of hard to hear if we're just used to thinking of these as just fictional characters for entertainment purposes. It's just paradigm busting a little bit. Just imagine you're a huge
1: sports fan, right? And you watch these people do these Amazing, fantastical things, and then all of a sudden we get this technology that will allow pretty much everyone to do that, and that is coming. It's and it's coming a lot quicker than can be prepared for. And when when that comes, people will be already pre-programmed because they would want to do all of these great feats. And one of the things about football that I find quite funny, someone uh, had torn apart a football, Uh, torn apart the pigskin Uh, in the football. It was corded with metal, right? Like kind of like a tire has, has the, uh, the metal. And what was pointed out in this video. And right now we can absolutely call this speculation, but it it definitely is damning the sports uh, um, uprights or the, the football uprights are all metal. So what you could do is you could, polarize them, the football to go between the uprights or to curve outside of the, uh, of the uprights in the last, as as it approaches the curve gets stronger and stronger. And if you start watching the kicks of the past, uh, you'll start to see that, that the, this football, the way it sort of moves, it, it almost looks like it's being deflected by a magnetic force. And so I'm uh, I'm I'm starting to understand that if something is called sports entertainment, which football is called sports entertainment, it is all story. You're watching a story. You're not watching true sports. So if you know that going in, you're not watching true sports. You're you're watching just, just to be entertained. Right. Then you're not being lied to but most people believe it's real that all of these championships that people get are genuine then you are absolutely are being lied to and and people need
0: to be woken up from that you're you're watching sports entertainment that happened with i mean when you think about professional wrestling the WWE which was the WWF back in the day people used to think that it was real and i mean we're talking like back in like the 60s 70s and even, you know, further back, as far back as it goes, people thought it was real. And I've heard stories from back then watching some of these WWE documentaries and things, listening to podcasts, where people thought it was real. And if you were a fan and someone told you that it was fake and that it was scripted, they would get upset. But then it as it turns out, they had to admit that it was fake. And so now I think they I think that's where the term sports entertainment was kind of invented was with the wwe back then when they had to admit that it was it was fake and, and scripted so i don't know i don't think it's too far-fetched to think that the same thing could be true with the nfl i mean you've got billions of dollars on the line it's an, it's there it's entertainment so yeah i'm, I'm not a huge uh, football fan but i know anybody who is right now is probably uh either turned us off or they're just upset (laughs) at us uh, saying that it might be rigged. So you had mentioned The Coming Deception and programming with the comics where people would kind of idolize these superheroes and want to be like them, want to have those powers. I think we've all at some point in our lives maybe thought about like, oh man, wouldn't it be amazing to have this superpower, that superpower, and what would you do if you could fly or walk through walls or teleport or whatever? And in the video, you mentioned that the end goal is to release the ability to turn man into something like these ancient beings, like Nimrod. Nimrod in the Bible, it says he he became a Gibberim. That's an aspect of the Great Deception, yeah, and and what they're planning to do. I mean the programming that we're talking about is getting people not only used to the idea of being able to have these powers or abilities but even desiring it wanting it would be willing to do anything it's a favor they're doing for us
1: yeah and we're going to we're going to want it we're going to run for it yeah we're going to woohoo look at look at me look what so like the mutants mutants in in the the x-men for example or in the marvel comics that is a uh, uh i would call those gibberine, for example right right or nephilim or rephaim raphaene to be more more
0: specific yeah right okay so let's dig into post-flood giants there's a few different theories of how they came to be One of them is, you mentioned in the the video, the second incursion, epigenetic function. Can you dig into these different theories that people have on how how giants survived the flood, how we see giants after the flood, post-flood? And when I do I always remember there's
1: Tom Horn, Stephen Quayle, Rob Skiba, Judd Burton, Timothy Alberino, Dr. Michael Heiser, Dr. Sanger, the Fall Brothers, uh, and Gary Wayne. Uh, those guys all study that stuff um, quite, um, quite extensively uh, as well. You have the, the, the second incursion, right? So the second incursion is where is my least favorite of the um, of the of the reasonings, because it is the apostate sons of God. Coming down, uh, Timothy Alberino's uh, coined phrase, the apostate sons of God, which is a, a fantastic uh, coin. So, the apostate sons of God coming down and committing that great sin again. Well, they know exactly what's going to happen to them. And God had punished them so severely that I can't see anyone choosing to do that of their free will, right? I think creatures of great intelligence would find another way to do it, which is to have man corrupt themselves instead of physically coming in and doing it for them, right? They, I think they'd learn their lesson and they're not going to do that. It doesn't make much sense to uh, come down. Now, who knows, right? I mean... <laughs> We, we we weren't around then, maybe maybe, perhaps. but I mean, we're talking about massive giants in the antediluvian era, massive giant. i don't we don't have really that kind of a record. We have what's um, as tall as uh, cedar trees. Which are what these, these short ones are? What twenty five feet or something like that? Uh, Thirty feet, uh, you know. And that's that's pretty that's that's pretty big, almost as tall as me. Uh, I'm I'm f- almost almost five seven. So <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, definitely no giant DNA in me. Yeah, no no nephilim <laughs> DNA running through those names. <laughs> so that second incursion definitely uh doesn't make a lot of sense just because of the punishment. The next one uh, is that you'd mentioned was epigenetics Now, epigenetics is the changing of basically, uh, well, I have I have the um, uh, the study of how cells control gene activity without changing the DNA sequence. It is corruption without changing the DNA. And I think a lot of what's going on today is more epigenetic function than it is DNA. We're told that the vax, for example, is um, damaging the DNA itself. I don't think it is. I, I think that is some, that is to get you to be afraid and then you will run to the med beds. That's, and we can get into that another time. Uh, I, I actually do talk about it later on in, in the segment. So, so the, the epigenetic function is like you you eat something, right? Or you, you drink something or you perform specific acts and it will change the epigenetics, uh, your epigenetics. And epi is on top of genetics uh, as well, right? So epigenetics is just your environment basically. So, your environment is is altering the way people, is altering people. So, the third is the giant survived the flood by a boat or by going underground. And this is one that I thought about um, with the Epic of Gilgamesh, because, well, the Epic of Gilgamesh survived the flood because he has that boat story. Well, that's not true, because he also landed in a whole bunch of places. In the Epic of Gilgamesh, he's sailing the seas. And so, Post flood, because people are saying Gilgamesh and um, Nimrod were were enemies, mortal
0: enemies, and then they became friends
1: or they're the same person.
0: I've I'm I've thought they're the same person. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm beginning to understand. Yeah.
1: So they were well, they were they were either mortal enemies that became great friends or they were they were the same person. So I've that, those are the two ways that 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 I've I've heard it anyway. At the, so gilgamesh sailed around and that's because the oceans or the the uh the flood took a while to to empty out into the earth that time like we don't know how long did it take 100 years did it take did it take uh, 50 years did it take 10 years we we don't really know so i think a lot of the epic of gilgamesh comes from those times the giants surviving the flood i don't think that is it's more like, uh, especially by going underground, because we do know, you know, if you study the hollow earth, even just a little bit, you find out, oh, that is very plausible. Uh, that is actually extremely pl- plausible. And how um, Jesus uh, at uh, Peneus starts his mission with his sermon there, which again, Judd has done his dissertation on. Uh, uh, and what is he doing? He's doing it right in front of the cave that leads to at least to hell. right? The giants surviving after the flood by boat. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Going underground, perhaps because it was surviving on the above ground, is kind of how it was written in uh, in the holy scriptures. So going below ground, sure, okay. But again, these things are massive. So what? At what level are we looking at for the? Uh, sorry, when I say level, when the Nephilim. Breed right. Well, they're breeding with humans, so then their genetics would get less and less uh, divine, if you will, and still so eventually, you know, they're smaller and smaller uh, giants. So, so anyway, at what level are are we talking about? But still, that bloodline would then exist if if such a thing were to happen. That is something that is definitely possible. But then we have the Refaim, which is a different because they're not Nephilim. They're they, they are given a completely different title in Rephaim. And that is where things get kind of interesting for me. A Rephaim and a Nephilim
0: are, are different creatures. So you don't think that the Nephilim bloodlines survived the flood? You think something else is going on here? Cause when you're looking at the distinction between and distinction and difference between Nephilim and Rephaim, that so you have a different theory, mm-hmm. explain, explain your theory. Cause it has to do, does it not have to do with epigenetic function and feeding? Okay. Yeah. Now
1: the giant DNA, right. As I was saying, the splitting of, or the watering down of the angelic blood, uh, so to, uh, so to speak, there still could have been a, uh, like the wives, for example, right? We know that. I know that through Rob Skiba, um, watching his, his videos, his uh, um, speeches, and, and going through all those conventions uh, uh, that, that he videotaped. The daughters um, that came aboard. And uh, could have had that nephilim blood in them, right? Which could have activated the, the epigenetics, and then that could have been passed down, right? So that that was one of the theories. But there's more. So the interesting thing about epigenetics, it is like as I said earlier, it's affected by how you eat things, how you, you know, what you drink, your environment. You know, like when you participate in specific things, it will it will create. For example, iniquity, because one of the things about Rephaim is it is great iniquity, which is what is is said uh, uh, biblically as well. So great iniquity fell over uh, the tribes of Canaan. So the resurgent of giants, is very relevant to what we know uh, with the human body today uh, with what we are going through with the trans movement. If you know the trans movement, people take hormones to alter their bodies. Our bodies are very receptive, whether we're male or female, to Hormones, whether they're female hormones or male hormones, you're a a biological male and you take mass doses of estrogen, you will start to grow breasts. You will your skin will get softer and you will start to look more feminine. It doesn't change your bone structure. And that is what uh, surgery is for. But it does it does give you this better looking skin. uh, And but what I mean by better looking is more feminized, smoother. You're glowing. (laughs) and then and then and then with with the women so the biological females when they take the testosterone you know they grow start growing hair and they their muscles get
0: bigger stuff like that oh dude i've seen some some pictures of women that transition to a trans man and they're taking so much testosterone and like lifting weights they are jacked I mean, you would, A, you would never know that they were, that they're a woman. And then with the male to female, I've seen some pictures. If they start them young enough, like when they're before puberty, you also can't, you can't tell. It's crazy. It's a cult.
1: It's it's and it's it's actually a, a cult of that that follows in the um, in these ancient bloodlines. But anyway, that's getting us off topic. So the uh, basically we are aware of this. We know it. We know it exists. We know how it works. We know what these these hormones do. Right. We're very, very it's very clear. It's in our world today, and it's been going on for about 100 years. There was a company that used to use pregnant horse urine to create the estrogen, the mass estrogen pills. And this was in the 1920s. And uh, so they would collect the horse urine and, <laughs> and create pills for, for, people, for people to take. So, don't ask me about, about the name, I'd have to, I, I'm going to do a video on, on all this stuff as well to, to open people's eyes to the, uh, to the trans movement and how long it's been around. But anyway, so when it comes to the hormones, that's basically what these giants or the resurgence of the giants, this is how I believe they came to be. This, this whole theory of mine is uh, quite very simple and it maintains biblical integrity, that all the true Nephilim, not the ones just with the tiny bit of DNA from the wives of the sons of Noah, uh, but all, of it, all the true Nephilim died in the flood. The Hebrews were growing in Egypt, and then they left Egypt. Uh, during this time, the tribes of Canaan were worshipping their gods, Moloch and, and um, ba- uh, yeah Baal. Yeah, thank you. Uh, oh, it's written right here. Yeah, Baal, I just had to look over. Okay, so 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 we have which, which you sacrifice your, your children to, or you also abort your children to. So, there is a very specific reason why this must happen. First of all, the fallen want us to fully corrupt ourselves. And in fully corrupting yourself, you create great iniquity, right? Generational Iniquity, this corruption. Then, because uh, because these people get these gifts by participating, in it they get these powers by participating. The demonic will do things for them if they participate. If they do this iniquity, if they swear oaths to these fallen entities, we could say that uh, it creates an addiction to power and control. You're getting something by participating uh secondly uh when they participate in this type of worship because it gives them power all of the tribes then so no one falls behind would participate in it and create sort of a biological arms race so you see the giants all over the tribes of of canaan and because uh of the prestige it would bring in that culture the bigger you were as in giants, the more um, prestigious and the more power you had in the uh, within those tribes. So like the King's sons would be bigger than the, the, uh, the Knights, if you will, using, using modern terms, by participating and having your, your family participate. Uh, so if you wanted to get more prestige, you know, uh, and you, and you would want that you, you'd need to grow and be prosperous. So you would want to participate in that. So, these families within the, within the tribes then would get pregnant and then commit this great corruption and start to, to destroy their families by giving birth to children and then sacrificing this, the children to Baal and Moloch, And then they would eat them. They would eat and drink the blood of the children or the fetuses in order to uh, gain the benefits that you get. And what benefits would there possibly be? Well, first you're committing the great sin. Um, and that, that great sin then gives more uh, legal right to the demonic realm to interfere with your life. But what it will also do is what does a fetus have and what does a newborn baby have just loaded in their bodies? They grow. At an enormous rate. And so they are filled with growth factor hormones, right? So when you're eating the raw meat of these babies and you're drinking the blood of these babies and aborted children, then you are literally infusing your blood, you're infusing your body with these hormones. Just like taking a pill, you're taking, you're killing a child and then you are absorbing their essence into, into you. So then you can grow. And if you, if you continue, like when you go, go through a growth spurt and you're a teenager, right? So you can talk to any doctor about this. Don't mention the, the giants (laughs) when you talk to the doctor, right? They'll commit you. Um, But uh, if you go to a doctor and you talk about the, the growth hormone and what causes your body to stop growing, it is because your body, Stops producing that hormone, and then the growth plate in your within your bones. Then what they do is they they're no longer soft; they harden up, and you stop growing. That's why that's why the giants that we have today, like uh, Andre the Giant, for example, he was deformed because he, he didn't have this growth hormone producing all throughout his life. He started to his bones started to grow over the growth plates. And so he would, he would start to, he'd be in a lot of pain. It wasn't a a natural and, and, and normal thing for his body to, to go through. So he's, he suffered quite a bit. He had a lot of strength. He had a lot of, uh, well, he was, he was what, seven, one or something like that. But so he had a lot of height, he had a lot of strength, but he suffered greatly. Whereas if you are taking this hormone from the time you are a small child to me you're a teenager and it's still in your and it's still in your uh, body then you would continue growing until you stop taking it so the more you took the more you killed the more you destroyed the more iniquity that you did across the in that land then the the bigger you would get but also the more you would you would require to sustain yourself so this is how the giants returned it's basically through simple understanding of hormones and keeping up and not stopping
0: uh, the dosage, the daily dosage of this growth factor hormone. So I want to recap just so I'm understanding kind of the timeline and what's happening post or pre-flood before the flood, you're saying, so we've got the Nephilim that what, like first generation. And then as they're breeding with like human, human women, they continue to breed the, their genetics water down, get dil- diluted, get watered down. And so then we get fast forward to, to the time of Noah, his daughters-in-law potentially could have, what we're saying is that they had, they had Nephilim genetic DNA, those watered down genetics. So they get on the ark. Post-flood, however many years later, we've got the different tribes in the land of Canaan. You say Canaan, I say Canaan. And those different tribes are consuming the flesh of these children that have been sacrificed. And that flips on when you talk about epigenetics. Essentially, that's like turning on those nephilim like genes or markers. Am I saying that right? The epigenetics, it alters your because your DNA
1: tells you how tall you're going to be. So when you eat something uh, that alters your your epigenetics, so it can reprogram your body to do something different than what your DNA is telling you
0: to do. So then you just continue to grow. Okay. So I guess my question is, did there even have to be Nephilim DNA in the daughter's in those daughters-in-law for that to happen or if anyone just ate those babies that were sacrificed would they experience the same results the
1: one thing that if if you study the occult and you and you study these so-called royal bloodlines right that's what they call themselves that's what they call themselves so you study these and and what they're doing is they're celebrating iniquity right that's why they marry within them within their families and all the pres all the presidents uh, save one, and I don't even believe that. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I I believe all of them uh, have a link to these bloodlines, right? So Vlad the Impaler, for example, the Bush family, and the British royal family are both linked to the Vlad the Impaler. But they're all cousins. They're 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 all part of that family tree. So. They're practicing in iniquity. When you hear the royal bloodline, uh, what all they're doing is celebrating that iniquity. There would be some sort of DNA corruption in, uh, uh, it does, it It definitely could make happen. And and it makes sense biblically because Noah was genetically clean. Uh, Noah and his wife were genetically clean. It doesn't say anything about um Noah's um, daughter-in-law, daughter-in-laws. That's where this DNA corruption uh, idea comes from with um, the, the one you talked about it the most that I paid attention to was Rob Skiba. But anyway, I suppose you don't require, though, uh, not that I suppose, you wouldn't require that, right? It, it, you wouldn't need that fallen DNA in order to to grow because we know that. We know that because when we take hormones, uh, like if you and I decided, oh, uh, we want to be girls or trans girls, as as we would call them, because they're not real or wouldn't be real girls, then <laughs> then we know that if we take the right hormone we will start to look like them doesn't change doesn't change our tools but but it does it it would change uh, uh, our our appearance in some ways i wonder if we'd grow hair you and i i wonder if if we took some
0: <laughs> would, would our hair grow uh, anyway uh i don't want to find <laughs> out because that wouldn't yeah, be the only thing that would grow yeah <laughs> we'd need some bros yeah <laughs> Yeah,
1: I don't I don't wanna to have to wear a bra. I don't think but who knows, maybe the strong like if if you kept that DNA intact, right? So like if you if you were a direct line of Gilgamesh, for example, or or a direct line of
0: I have Norad in my head. <laughs> Nimrod. Dire, Nimrod, thank you. And NORAD. you. You messed me you messed me up with that NORAD comment. I was like, Yeah, um, <laughs> I know what you're getting at, but yeah, so if you're if you're a direct line of
1: Gilgamesh or Nimrod, um, then it, it's quite possible that you're trying to keep that genetics in there, so that that fallen genetics, and perhaps it gives you uh, a leg up to uh, uh, to grow more. I don't know. That's that's. I mean, it's a great question. Uh, I don't want to find out on that one either. So.
0: things that is a stumbling block for some people to come to the faith to be to become a christian and this is a common argument when they look at the what they call like the genocide in the old testament where god tells them to go into the land of canaan to to wipe out you know all those tribes and everything people have a, a real issue with that and i struggled with that uh when i was in in school i am an undergrad in bible and i remember asking my Old Testament professor, about that. And he basically explained, this was his explanation from a Sethite view. It was that those people in that land were so sinful that God was being merciful to them because it's this idea that the more you continue on in sin, the more punishment you're storing up and more wrath you're storing up for yourself in the judgment, I guess in hell. So there's this idea of varying degrees of punishment in hell. And so he, his explanation was God is being merciful by wiping out all those tribes because of how sinful they were. That didn't feel super satisfying, but I I said, okay, I accepted it. This was before I'd, I'd done the last two, three years, deep dive into the divine council worldview. Well, with the divine council worldview, seeing these tribes as not human, it wasn't that they were going in and wiping out humans. They were going in and wiping out kind of these hybrids, non human hybrids. So, with that, it's they're, they're not, A, they're not human, and B, they're trying to actively destroy humanity and trying to keep. The Messiah from being born by occupying the land that he would be born in. To so take both of those things into account,
1: and they're militarizing
0: uh, themselves up,
1: you know, cr- creating superpowered beings, right? To uh, to to battle,
0: yeah, to battle what is to come. Yes, exactly. So with this, with your view of the post flood giants, I'm not seeing how they're not just humans. It sounds like they could be just humans who change themselves through sin and eating, eating of that flesh and that growth hormone, that expressing.
1: That's just the giants, right? I'm just talking about giants. I'm not talking about, uh, I'm not at all in this talking about like how someone becomes a skinwalker. I'm not talking about any of that stuff because when you become a skinwalker, you also have to create great iniquity you have to, you have to murder the person you love the most before then you can be accepted. And if, and even then, when you start playing around with with those those creatures, and this is all through testimony, I, I don't because I it's not <laughs> like I've experienced any of the stuff uh, with with skinwalkers. When you when you start messing with call it fallen science if if you want, uh, or the the corruption the corrupted science. When you start messing with that, what they're doing is they're linking themselves with the demonic as well. So when you participate in all this great sin, again, you are allowing the demonic to come into you to possess you that is part of it as well so so yeah no it it, it totally fits i'm just not talking about that i'm just talking about how the giants because they they're talking about how the giants could have roamed and those were the only options no no there's also this option here
0: so i'm not i'm not talking
1: about the other stuff
0: yeah well no i'm i'm still conf- i'm still confused in the sense of because if if it's noah his son his wife and his daughters-in-law, they are the—they're repopulating the earth, so these tribes that are in the land of Canaan can trace their their lineage back to Noah. Correct? Yeah, we all can. Yeah, right. Yeah, we all can. If you remember, there's that book called Traced.
1: I, I think I talked about that last podcast. Uh, there's the book called Traced, where the where this uh, doctor can basically trace you. To to find out exactly which line you come from, uh, all the way to Noah, because of the uh, because of the genetics, yeah. So you have your mitochondrial genetics, which comes from your of your mother, but the father has specific genetics too, and so you 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 follow. You follow both of them I, I can't remember the this was a while ago when I watched that,
0: and I don't have it written down, so I can't remember what what you follow for for men. Yeah well, I'm still I'm still trying to wrap my head around around your your theory and, and how it fits, but it's definitely it's definitely very interesting and even if there was a second incursion or they did survive the flood, your theory could still fit in with that as well it could still be something that that happened the mystery schools right are, are something completely separate from
1: being a giant right I, I mean like the powers of of flight or hovering or, or whatever you you wish to call it astral projection and and all that stuff it's all separate from being a giant so that doesn't have to fit in it we could one day go into that it's just a matter of how did they become big right and it is a scientific way to discuss that would make sense for people on on how that how that would happen one of the things that i do in my videos is i try to explain to people how this stuff works So, for example understanding the frequency understanding how light works and that we can only see 10 percent of the spectrum Right. And then and then the other the other is it, it could be right in front of you and you don't know, like we can't see uh, ultraviolet light. Right. So if something e- exists in that spectrum, you wouldn't know it. Just understanding that we, we have a and, and also the ultraviolet things that are ultraviolet wouldn't be able to see us and right there. That that would explain a veil because we we wouldn't know that each
0: other exists. Yeah, that's definitely fascinating and we'll we'll dig into that in in another episode. It's kind of clicked for me in my thinking about the giants, post-flood giants and how they would how they're not human and how those tribes would would go from their ancestry coming from from Noah and his family to then how do they then become Rephaim I wasn't thinking along this line when we were discussing it even though you mentioned it earlier so basically and I'm just recapping so that I'm understanding absolutely please do you'll you'll help others hopefully the audience if you guys are you know listening you're you're resonating with with me and I'm part of this conversation with me and Enoch is is just the two of us, mainly me, wrestling with some of the concepts and trying to understand that he's been introducing in his videos and again, like I said, we've been doing this for months even before he came on board with Camperman. Chris, I think you're being an excellent coach uh, for. For me being a Wayne Gretzky,
1: because all this stuff, trying to figure out, you know, Wayne Gretzky just sees the ice and it just, oh, yeah, that's that's how it is. Yeah. You know, I just make this pass. He'll score. Right. Uh, and that's how he, he he was not to say that I'm Wayne Gretzky, how egotistical, but uh, just <laughs> <laughs> yes, you help by breaking it down to give it a different perspective. So this this can make sense for for other people. I've, some people just just get it uh, because they think like me. But for people who think differently, it's you are a fresh breath air, uh, <laughs> a breath, a breath of fresh air.
0: I will say I've always been a bit of a slow learner, so <laughs> try to try to break things down as simply as possible. That and I used to do I used to do youth ministry. I think I'm getting it. How do you go from being Even if you have a little bit of like Nephilim DNA, I mean, maybe it's like, I don't know, by that point, it was so diluted that it was like, let's say like less than 1%, whatever, I don't know, I'm just making that up. Okay, how do you go from being human to non-human? Because I think that's going to be a part of what happens in the great deception, how people will take like probably the mark of the beast. And I don't want you to go into it. I'm mentioning it, not for you to jump on it, but the mark of the beast being some sort of genetic DNA upgrade, which really makes you somehow non-human by changing your DNA enough to where you're not human. I don't know what, what that looks like. Maybe a geneticist could, could explain it, but okay. We've got the sexual sin as far as like all of the, the fornication and things combine that with, and the different sexual like ceremonies, combine that with the ceremonies where they're sacrificing their children, combine that with the eating of the blood and the flesh as further ceremony. All of that kind of intermingling together is going to alter the DNA of the people involved to the point to where, like Nimrod, they become a gibberim. They're no longer considered human genetically. Does that, is that right? Yeah. One of the things that the med beds
1: will do is it, it will encourage the growth. Uh, or the epigenetic stuff. I mean, again, epigenetics control gene function
0: without changing your DNA. But sorry, le- let me interrupt you. I'm sp- Before we get into the thing about the medbeds, I'm talking about for the people in the land of Canaan, how they could go from at wh- whatever point it is being h- human descendants of Noah and his family that, that were on the ark to becoming these tribes of giants all around the various tribes of giants, the Rephaim, through that process that I, that I that you laid out and that I just kind of tried to re-explain. So w-
1: the reason why I brought up the med beds because the med the the med I'm having a hard time talking. The med beds will will give off frequencies, right? Specific frequencies uh, under great. Energy. So if you understand the pyramid function, if you understand the ziggurat function, if you understand the giant mounds function, those are all built to focus energy so now you focus energy and you create a frequency and then you dive yourself like you're the incredible hulk for example and what happened to the incredible hulk he got hit by a bunch of gamma rays and because of his specific dna because of what he had in him that was the right frequency and the right dosage to turn him into a giant basically he grew, and then he grows into, to become this giant. It kind of works this uh, in my mind and understanding how, how frequency will play the role in the future. Frequency played a role in the past. So these, these people may not have have laid down in a plastic bed and had frequencies pointed directly at them, but they may have uh, lied down on a an altar on top of a giant mound, with specific frequency, uh, tuned into specific frequencies, opening up some portals above. And, uh,
0: and there you have some interesting magic, if you will. Right. Wow. Okay. So it's the same outcome, same principles, just the technology just looked a little different back then than it will in the future. If we're saying, and this kind of brings us to Ecclesiastes 1.10, there's nothing new under the sun. What what happened in the past is going to happen again in the future. And then Matthew 24, 37, it talks about as in the days of Noah, they were eating and drinking and giving in marriage. I'm assuming, and maybe you can give me your thoughts on on that those verses, that eating and drinking and giving in marriage. Do you think that's speaking to festivals and the orgies like the sexual sin and giving into marriage, having to do with kind of co-mingling with the Rephaim and, and humans. Is that kind of speaking back to what was happening in the days of Noah that led to the flood?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all linked, right? Everything, man just keeps doing it. (laughs) We just keep circling back. God's like, All right. Party's over and <laughs> comes in, you know, empties out the, uh, empties up the house, house party's done. And then what happens is we just start sneaking back into the house to uh, continue to party and, uh, and act like a bunch of fools. It's one big Aurora Boris, right? We just keep
0: the whole uh, occult circle, the snake eating its tail. Yeah. To me, that has to do with sin. This the nature of sin. And then the demonic the enemy's camp trying to have their will be done so it's the same strategy they're just working the same strategy over and over again yep yep they must continue we we continue to corrupt ourselves and
1: men man learns through this corruption when they start to participate in this stuff they learn how to do it better and then they they teach their children and their children learn how to do it better and they teach their children until finally we're uh we're utterly destroying ourselves, building, building the Tower of Babel again, but instead we're digging it a hundred meters under the earth and creating the portal
0: instead of doing it vertically. So right. You're talking about CERn and and I we briefly mentioned that to gary Gary Wayne, and he believes that there's a connection between CERN and the Tower of Babel. Okay, so, On the next episode, we are going to dig into segment four of the whole chessboard, and that's talking about the ancient bloodlines, and then we're also going to dive into segments five, six, and seven, which we're going to break down the nature of demons and dark worship. Well, man, this was, uh, this was fascinating and some things did, they, it, they clicked for me in the end. I told you I'm, I'm a bit of a slow learner, but they, they clicked at the end and I'm definitely seeing how what you're saying is possible. I probably need to go and find some of those Rob Skiba videos and explore some of that with his teachings. Yeah. Well, funny you should mention that, right? Because
1: I've done all the work for you, and you're welcome. Uh, if you <laughs> if you go to if you go to the rundown of reality on uh, BitChute, BitChute Rumble, and YouTube. YouTube is censored. I I don't upload all my videos on YouTube because I get yellow cards. If you go there, in the link in the description, I have a MediaFire library, and in there is a bunch of Rob Skiba stuff, um, uh, videos he does one. There's a whole convention. There's and there's Randy Domain, who's talking about what we're going through right now, and he hit the nail on the head, uh, which which piqued my interest. And this was two years ago, piqued my interest on the the flip side or the white side, the light side. I didn't know really anything about it, but he was the first one to uh, that I've noticed that really starts talking about the the flip flip the coin, the, the white Freemasons take over and then destroy us through great abundance. And Randy domain that's in there that can, that whole convention in there. And also Doug Hamp. uh, uh, he talks on there too. And it's, it's a wonderful talk. It, it, I think it's like eight hours long. So you have fun, (laughs) Um, but there's, there's a whole bunch of other stuff in there. I have 50 gigs in there. So.
0: Oh, that's amazing. You know, you know, I think we'll do, we'll, I think we'll probably end up creating a tab on the at Campermon.com. And I might even just call it the rundown and then we'll put these episodes and some of those resources that you've provided some, some links there for, for people to find, um, as well, just, just to make it easy.
1: The other thing that we can do, uh, uh for members, cause it's going to cost money, cost us money is we can, um, I have, Pro almost 300 gigs of stuff for people to research. I just can't fit it all. So we could probably create a library for them, for the members only to get access to, to, to it all. And again, I'm not, ooh, give me money or you don't get access. I don't, this is stuff that, that I think people need to know, um, but it's just, it's costing us money. So um, uh, if we add it to the members, um, the, you have access to the 50 gigs, the 50 gigs is, is more than enough, but if you want more, if you want more understanding, then we could probably do something like that. So,
0: oh yeah, well, we could definitely add a, a resource library onto the members area at campermon.com. That'd be awesome. All right. Well, Enoch, I've got to run my friend. It was good talking with you. Hopefully if you're listening, you got, you got something out of this, us breaking this down and forgive me if you're like. I get it. Why isn't Chris getting it? Um, listen, I'm a slow learner. I'm, I'm catching up, <laughs> uh, pray for me. Um, well, again, like I said, you're a good
1: coach because I, I think I needed to talk about that frequency a little bit. And, and that's where things really, your eyes just went wide. Oh, and, and you coaxed that out of me. Cause to me, again, to me, all of this stuff just makes perfect sense. <laughs> so it's, Why don't you so it's,
0: brag about it? Why don't you? <laughs>
1: no it's just because i studied it so No, i i'm just I've been no reading. i know i'm
0: just kidding no i'm i'm kidding i'm kidding um no yeah i i appreciate you doing as much research as you've done because i'm a lazy student so i appreciate you doing all the work the notes <laughs> right and yeah pick pick the fruit off of my tree will you yeah okay. exactly exactly <laughs> all right man Uh, Guys, thanks for listening. We will be back with another episode soon. Peace. Does it sound better if I get really close to the mic? It's, it sounds far superior. Well, I feel does it better. Really? Yeah. Does it, does it really sound that much better? No.
1: <laughs> you're just, it just sounds like you're closer to the mic.